Hello, everybody. We're back. We're here to discuss the Shaws, the Beverly Hills, New Jersey, New York. All of it. All of it. So how are you doing, Aman? I'm doing well. Um, this weekend has been kind of chilly in Toronto. Oh, yes, it is. Um, yeah, otherwise, I'm doing well. Um, I did want to give a shout out to somebody today on our podcast. Oh, okay. Um, I got to meet one of our listeners uh, while did. doing a secret project this week. Oh, my goodness. I, I cannot talk about Um, and her name is Sam as well. So shout out to Sam. If you were listening to this podcast, um, it was great meeting you. And yeah, thanks oh for listening. Oh my gosh, that is so exciting. <laughs> yes. All righty, we'll get into the episode. We're going to talk about Shaw's first. So last time we saw uh, Reza and MJ are planning a birthday trip to Palm Springs for Mike. <sighs> and that is uh, interesting. And <laughs> a new character actually gets introduced to us through yeah. MJ, Miss London, who has a fabulous mansion, but it's her mom's. Yeah. And she's also a lifestyle and love coach or something or dating coach yeah something like that something like that and she's a lesbian which i was like i love this like i need to see more lesbians on my screen because i feel like i never do yeah we need more representation out there um but yeah what did you think of london um i thought she was cool i i feel like i didn't get to see much of her just because the episode was it was the Shahs being the Shahs. Yeah. I mean, they both groups are going separately. So we got the Reza side and the MJ side. And they both go in these huge ass stretch limos, Jeep limos. Like, I yeah, was very was, confused um, for three people in each of those cars. <laughs> yeah, it was a little questionable. But you know what? These are the Shahs. Like, this is just how they roll. They just love their tacky stuff. <laughs> I know. And I love how MJ made Reza get all the groceries. And I was like, wow, like girl, if you're gonna give them this long list, you could have picked up picked up some things too from the Whole Foods. I thought that yeah. scene was so funny watching them shopping and just filling those carts like crazy. I wanna do anytime, that. Yeah, anytime we see like any uh Bravo TV show like them going on a trip and like they stop at the grocery store, it's always like, okay, I'm excited to see two things like number one how many carts they end up having to use because you know that they always will buy like the most extra things and we all know that they're not eating these things yeah um it could be that they're also feeding the crew over there uh True. who knows and then secondly i love hearing the total um oh my the total God. is one of my favorite yes. things i believe this one was around a thousand ish or a little bit more no, it was like $1,700. It was oh, a lot of money. Right, yeah. that's. So I lovely. was shook. But I also loved it. They were just like, do we need this? I don't know. Throw it in the cart. Yeah. That's the lifestyle I aspire to have. Exactly. Same. Okay, so they get to the house. And right off the bat, there's already tension. Yeah. And we have, what's it called? Nima and Reza. They go at it. And... <laughs> I love it. It's just them yelling at each other. Well, mostly Reza yelling at Nima. 
go fix your nose, go fix your teeth. And then he immediately apologizes, which <laughs> this is very Shaz. What do you yeah. think about this whole thing that like Nima got in the middle of MJ and Reza's friendship? Um, I mean, it's all very interesting, right? Because like I do kind of like side with Reza in the sense that, you know, you can't really like get between friends. And last season, I didn't like watch too much of last season. Uh, but from what I remember, like, um, sorry, uh, what's his name? Nima basically ambushed Reza by bringing MJ out. And that's not a good thing to do. That's not a good friend that, you know, obviously caused more fights. When someone's ambushed, they're going to be on high alert. And that, you know, is maybe one of those reasons why they did fight as hard as they did. Like one of those contributing factors. Um, yeah, I think that sometimes, like, I think that Nima should have stayed like should have minded his own business last season as much as you're trying to bring friends together it's not your place to be i I do understand though that you are on a tv show and i do think that reza was blaming him a little bit too much um but still it's like you don't get in between like people who are fighting who have been friends for like 30 years yeah i totally agree nemo was out of place he should have stayed in his lane yeah, he's an interesting character though because like I feel like he like he had somewhat of a storyline when he came like on his first season when he came, you know, with his sister and his whole family situation. But like from what I remember last season he didn't really have much of a storyline and then even like this season I'm just like he doesn't really have one so it's kind of like it's sad that he has to like, you know, pull stuff from other people's lives and be involved in that, but it is what it is. Yeah, he's acting very friend of that wants to get yeah a peach, you know? Exactly. <laughs> it's a uh, fan behavior. It really is. Yeah. Um, we also see that Golnessa just straight up ignores Nima. And you know what? I love that for Golnessa. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really surprised, right? Um, again, I don't really have a, too much of a recollection of what happened last season, but I just know that they both, like, just haven't gotten along, and he has yelled at her and said, like, you know, she's certain ways, and I don't know. But um, I don't blame her. It's like, if you don't want to say hi to someone, you shouldn't have to feel forced to say hi to someone. Exactly. I love her for that. You know, keeping herself in check so this is keeping herself in check so that she doesn't blow up on somebody. Exactly. Um, I just want to get to the dinner already because Mike is unhinged. When Destiny calls him out and calls him shallow, and he's like, how am I shallow? I shop at Target. It's so funny. I can't with him. Yeah, it was a little interesting, and um, I think that he is just, like, very defensive right now, yeah. regardless of whatever anyone is going to say, because, like, we see that Golnessa takes him to the side mm-hmm. and has a proper conversation with him and is, like, very, from, you know, from all the years that we've seen Golnessa, you know, talk to people and stuff, this was, this was a very reasonable conversation. This was her being, like, sir like it's okay like just admit to your flaws and you can move on and it's fine but mike was again defensive and didn't really take any of what she said exactly i mean reza was kind of a little instigator where he was just like my new year's resolution is to stop talking about mike and his his sexting scandal and mike is just like 
that's your New Year's resolution, really, really. And you know what? I think we still need to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it's just. I mean, it's we know that it's all real, and yeah. Mike is just using some very strange excuses to like get out of what he put himself into. Um, but I, I think just like going back to what like Goldness has said to him, like you know, like if you like to have multiple partners, maybe monogamy is not for you, and That's that right. is one thousand percent okay. Like you know do what whatever you want to do just as long as like you're like telling people about it and you're like telling your partners about it then there's nothing wrong right um exactly but yeah i think that he needs a lot of therapy he really does but i don't think he's like receptive i don't think he would be receptive because he, he's like a narcissist he thinks he's like perfect yeah that's that's true that's true yeah it's rough and you know Paulina is going to come to the house next week and Mike has an announcement. He's been keeping a secret from the group. And we all know because we've seen the news articles um, this week and guess what? Surprise, surprise. His sexting scandal, it was real. He was not hacked. Yikes. Yikes. Big yikes. And so I'm curious what he's going to say. Like, oh, Paulina... Paulina and I have like an agreement uh, that, you know, I can do this kind of stuff, but you yeah. know, be with her. Or I really thought Mike was going to pull one of those um, switcheroos where he's just like, guys, you know, I have a secret. I, I, I've been saying that, you know, I'm not good. And you guys, well, you guys have been saying that I'm not good, but you know what? I'm great. I'm the best I've ever been in my life. <laughs> I thought he was going to, I think he's going to do something like that. He, he probably will, but I just feel so bad for poor Paulina. Yeah. She's just like, she just has to stand there and like watch all of this happen to her. It's kind of sad that she's like continuing on in this relationship. It's weird. It's definitely very strange. Like what's so good about Mike? I don't know because like anytime like I've been in a situationship where like I like had like an inkling that like this person was possibly talking to somebody else I've like been like I'm so turned off by goodbye like even though I don't have like full proof like I'm just I'm just gonna exit exactly. I don't want to be a part of this but uh -huh. um, kudos to her for sticking through it. I, <laughs> I don't know if I, I mean... want to say kudos but uh <laughs> She really has uh, some loyalty, I suppose. Exactly. That's what you can say. Yeah. So, I mean, that was Shaw's. I'm very interested to see where this storyline goes and if it, you know, dies off in the next episode and we move right along to the next one. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we'll find out next week. Yeah. So we'll take a break and we will come back with Beverly Hills. Alrighty, we're back with Beverly Hills. This is only the second episode, and guess what? They're already on a trip. I That's the one thing I can appreciate about this COVID time. Yeah. Bravo is making them go on the trips, like, real quick. Like, you know what? Somebody's bored. Let's go to Lake Tahoe. And that's what they do. Yeah. 
I agree. Um, but before they did that, so yeah. one of the things that I want to talk about the earlier scenes in the episode is Sutton with Erica. That conversation oh. felt so forced. It felt Same. like the producers were just like, okay, Erica, um, we need a scene with you and Sutton. So Sutton's going to come by. And Erica just seemed like she did not want to be talking to Sutton. Yeah. And something that I've noticed, for me at least, but has Erica's voice gotten even more nasally? Like, she's really emphasizing the nasaliness of her voice. Like, hey, guys. She, yeah, I feel like she just, like, has an interesting range. And maybe she uses it at different times. But it, I don't know, man. Maybe she's trying to become, like, more distinct. I don't know. I have no idea. Anyways, moving on from that. Sutton just being, like, you know everything that's happened like last year and then this year i feel like i have a bit of erica jane in me and i'm like where the fuck did this come from like what's going on yeah it was just a overall random conversation i it just again it just i don't know man sounds an interesting one yeah i mean speaking of conversation a good conversation was the one between garcelle and kyle oh that was a good one Yes, where, you know, Garcelle confronts Kyle about calling her out for supposedly not paying for a charity event. And Garcelle really served it to Kyle. And I appreciate that Kyle, you know, once Garcelle was speaking about her experiences as a Black woman and the stereotypes associated with, you know, not paying, Kyle Kyle listened and she understood and she was just like, that wasn't my intention, but I understand that coming from me and then her being a black woman, that really is damaging. Yeah, I I agree with you. I really like how Kyle responded, but I'm so like, I'm loving that Garcelle is doing this little tour of yeah. like going to the people who wronged her last season and being like, oh, the season might be done, but I'm not. Like, exactly. so I'm going to come around and hold you hoes accountable for what you did. And let's actually wrap it up because I, again, like I just feel like many times um, in housewives history, what happens is like, you know, people fight um, during a season, then during the reunion, those fights come up again and you fight it out. And then when the new season starts, is that it's as if like nothing ever happened. It's as mm -hmm. if like everybody has just moved on and is best friends now. And that's not the case, right? Like these are like real life issues and real things that are affecting people and so i'm glad that like for the first time like they're actually like bringing up stuff like okay no like you said this last year like i i'm still holding you accountable exactly and i love when garcelle was just like would you have done that if it was one of the other white women in this group and kyle was just like jaw open like when um lisa rinna was like are people doing coke in your bathroom yeah that was very good i love garcelle for that you could tell though that like for both like kyle and lisa rena like you could tell that they were very nervous to have these conversations with garcelle because they knew what was gonna happen but again it all went well with this one so i'm happy about it exactly so we go to lake tahoe and i'm surprised that they didn't get sutton to get them a private jet or somebody had any connection to a private jet they were like on a commercial one technically. it was yeah it was interesting because it was a private jet but it was like designed like a commercial yeah it, it was odd um i was surprised but at the same time though it's like whatever it's like 
an hour away. Oh yeah, it was um, an hour. Yeah, so, but that place was beautiful. That house, 17,000 square feet. Oh my God. Yeah, um, Ugh, Lisa so Rina did a really great job. Kenya Moore, take notes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, exactly. Imagine if the Beverly Hills ladies were told, oh yeah, like Lisa Rinna, she just got you guys like a sprinter bus or whatever, and it's just going to take two hours. They'd be like, no way, Jose. We're getting on this plane and taking our asses on a plane or whatever and no bus for us. Exactly. I mean, they did They did have to rough it out a little bit because they didn't have a butler oh, uh, yes. to, to help them with the luggage. And I mean, I think that these ladies handled it well. Like, they did complain for like a few seconds, but then they like got on with it. But Mama, if this was in New York and Ramona was there, Ramona would have a temper tantrum and probably would make someone from the crew come out, drop whatever they're doing from behind the cameras and be like, okay, well, you got to help me with this because I'm not literally, doing Literally, literally. She'd be like, to the sound person like you look strong you're always carrying that sound sound boom come on come help me my favorite thing when they were like kind of like unpacking and getting ready was um the scene between kyle and kathy um me and kathy are you know we're soul sisters because i'm the same exact way i need to have a fan like on like i sleep with a fan on every night um and when i go other places like i'm not extra to the point where like i take my own fan with me but i think i probably will in the future once we can travel again after covid because like i also like love the sound of the fan the feeling of the fan like i need it i i don't have any words for that (laughs) (laughs) if there's like no fan on it just feels awkward and they can't sleep true story yeah i need some sort of like noise happening Mm -hmm. okay yeah I love that. I love those two, though. Just Kathy being like, you can't plug in the fan. Kyle's just like, really? <laughs> she plugs it in and it works fine. She's like, I don't know how the fuck Kathy lives. I, that was hilarious. And I'm like, I think she, I think it's because she has a lot, a lot of staff. Yeah, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another conversation, actually, with Garcelle and Lisa Rinna again, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting it's so like lisa renna to be like i thought we were fine i felt good coming out of that conversation it's like were you in the same conversation like what i mean i think in her perspective she's probably just like you know what like i admitted that i was wrong and all that kind of stuff and i think that sometimes some people think like okay like once i've admitted i was wrong in a situation and i've apologized closed book let's move on but you know just like what garcelle was saying that she still felt uneasy and she kind of felt like lisa rinna was doing was a little bit too apologetic yeah. and not actually like listening to what garcelle was saying but rather Definitely. was just like saying sorry before garcelle could even say it because that conversation like last episode it really like when you look at it it's literally just garcelle smiling at lisa rinna and like lisa is just like going off and off exactly and something wild that Lisa Reno was saying is when Garcelle was just like, I don't know if I can trust you if I tell you something to not like use it against me. And Lisa Reno was just like, I don't know either. I was like, what the fuck? So you're, you're basically telling Garcelle if, if she said something to you, you would probably use it against her if it came to that. 
Yeah, that was, it's just so fucked uh, up that, like, someone could say that. Yeah, and then Garcelle was just like, are you joking me? Like, I can say, guarantee that if you told me something, I wouldn't be using it against you. And I just, I can't with Lisa Runa. She's doing too much. I mean, on one hand, I do, like, appreciate Lisa Rinna saying that because she is a shit stirrer and yeah. she will always be one. So it's, like, kind of, like, it's kind of nice that, like, she's admitting that, that she's, like, you know, like, her <laughs> one day. Because it's true, right? She will. Even if she, like, says, like, oh, yeah, like, I can promise you, like, we both know that Lisa Rinna is a blabbermouth and she will yeah. go against whoever. Like, we've seen her do it throughout the seasons and she would do it to you too. So it's kind of nice that she did that, but I do agree that it's kind of like fucked up that she's just like, I can't promise you that, but it's like, okay, so you're just a terrible, you're just admitting that you're a terrible human being and you have no self-control over what doing what's right and standing up for your friends. Cool, gotcha. Exactly, it's just... It's kind of sad what she's willing to sacrifice, I guess, for a TV show. Yeah, I mean, again, like, it's just one of those things where, like, in Housewives world, we've just kind of figured out that these are, like, you know, not really, like, your actual friends. And these are just, like, kind of like your coworkers at this point. So that's true. I guess you got to do what you got to do for this job. Yeah. And let me pivot to another conversation with Kyle, Crystal, and Sutton, which I just, the results of this conversation, I really didn't see coming um, so I soon. I didn't either. So we obviously saw the preview yeah. for this episode and we saw what was going to happen. So, but I was interested to see like how it ends up there. Yes, and the exactly. conversation, in my opinion, was going well. It was going good it was you know kyle was telling them both about her conversation with garcelle and the stereotypes and how she didn't know that but she now acknowledges that and you know crystal started chiming in about you know being an asian american stereotypes that come her way but then sudden really (laughs) just just really like she basically fucked herself over she made her bad and now she has to lie in it First of all, the way she interjected was like so wrong. She was just like, hold on, hold on, we're not going to do this. And it's like, we're not going to do what? Talk about race? Um, and then she has to she has to do what every white person does and insert themselves and be like, well, I've experienced prejudice. That's what they have experienced, prejudice. It's not racial, you know? And then she brings up the whole redneck thing. And then Crystal, ooh, she comes in hot. And she's like... Are you that girl? That girl that doesn't see color? Say you're that girl. <laughs> <laughs> she was going for her throat. I oh I know. God. It's it was I loved to watch it. It was great, but I also like I was just like, "Oh my god, like this is intense." But it's true. Oh it's like what what Crystal said is true, right? Because it's it like is here you are, like, we're having this conversation and and Crystal was even receptive to when um, Sutton was saying, like, you know, there's stereotypes about me too. You know, yeah. the whole redneck situation and Crystal was just like, yeah, like, that's exactly it too. Like, you know, you have stereotypes as well, so that's kind of like a similar thing. But then, yeah, Sutton just took it, like, to another level where she just, like, kind of, like, got crazy and I'm kind of happy that Crystal said that to her because it's just like, so that's what you're alluding to, basically. Basically. 
basically. Um, and this is why I always had a bad feeling about Sutton. And so all the Sutton stands can fucking eat my ass when they were hyping her up this whole whole like i don't know time before the season premiered i mean yeah i i don't know i i don't know how I, how i feel about Sutton right now like obviously like i don't like her in this conversation i do know that she put out a really nice apology oh, and yeah. crystal also responded to that and i read her about mm-hmm. her apology her statement and acknowledging sutton's apology um but that being said, I'm so excited to see like the fights that you know transpire out of this conversation because like in the preview we saw that that's gonna happen. Oh yeah, and there's lots. Yeah, and then in the trailer we saw that you know the whole uh, leather pants fight is gonna happen as well. So I feel like it's gonna be you know these these new housewives are really bringing in some drama, which I'm loving. They are. I love it. <laughs> Okay, well, that was our discussion on Beverly Hills. We're very excited to see all the fights that happen next week. Mm -hmm. We're going to take a break, and we will come back with New York. Oh, New York, the Hamptons, day three. This was quite an episode, and... I don't know. I actually feel like we might have opposing opinions about this episode. For the first time ever, I kind of was a little bit on Ramona's side. In terms of which argument? A lot of the arguments, except for the first conversation that she had with Sonya. Um, I was on Ramona's side for a lot of the episode, which was very shocking. I was shocked at myself. Mm. Okay, well, let's get into it. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. So we have Ramona. She is planning... I don't know what she's... Breakfast at Tiffany's. Breakfast Breakfast at at Tiffany's. Tiffany's. Exactly. Mm -hmm. She's planning a breakfast at Tiffany's because she wants to bring it back to class which is kind of uh, ironic for Ramona, who is, you know, pooped her pants all over the world. <laughs> you just want to point that out. And so the first little tiff we have is because Ramona's talking to Luann about Sonia. And, you know, Leah walks into the dining room and Ramona asks her to come back in a couple of minutes. And yeah. Leah just kind of loses it on Ramona and just calls her a fucking bitch. And then she tells Michelle... The hospitality manager she was just like i don't know how you work for ramona she's such a bitch and michelle was just like i love you leah <laughs> i know that was that i died i was like okay well michelle's not gonna be working for ramona after ramona sees this episode but then i, I was also just like michelle probably doesn't even want to work for ramona after what she probably went through exactly she's looking for a reason to get fired to get some sort of residual i don't know yeah and so I, I don't know, that argument, I felt like Leah was just being so immature. It's like, did you really need to get so angry about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I understand why Leah was a little bit upset because I feel like yeah. Ramona, like, overall, is just a person who speaks in a very condescending tone. I feel like, I mean, all those, like, three ladies, like, Lou, Sonia, and uh, Ramona, like, always have, like, kind of, like, a condescending attitude they sometimes. Do. Um, so I can understand that, but her reaction was a little bit crazy because again, like it is understandable 
that you know two people are having a conversation and you might not want to have somebody in that conversation for a minute or to have to like repeat everything that you're saying again so I think that Ramona could have possibly said it in like a nicer way, like, hey, we're just talking about this thing, but um, like, I'll, I'll catch you up on it in a sec, like something like that. True. Um, but Leah went ham, which she should not have. I know. And then Leah decided to take like a vow of silence. And I'm like, this is childish behavior, but whatever. Um, it's kind of yeah. nice not having her talk. A little bit, yeah. A little bit and so they are actually getting ready to go like shuck oysters ramona's favorite thing <laughs> and oh man this bus ride this bus ride <laughs> whose side yeah. were you on sonia or luann neither really i i mean okay so i i i think that both of them said things that like we're good and and bad at the same time. Uh huh. What what about for you? Who who side were you on? I was mostly on Sonia's side. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. So here's the thing. I think that. I think the things that Sonia was saying the entire time were a little bit rude and were poking at Luann. Like, you know, the <laughs> yeah. previous day, she she could not stop shit talking about Garth like every five minutes. Like, uh-huh. the, Luann, Luann did mention Garth here and there, and I do get it. It becomes annoying, but like, I think Sonia like took it a little bit too like, you know, personal, and like, I think she got a little bit annoying with it. Mm. And so I was surprised that Lou like didn't like you know scream at Sonia like the day before, oh, and right. then and then when Sonia started saying the things about like how Luann married her man and all that kind of stuff, again, factual. <laughs> this is it. factual information. I'm not saying that it's wrong, but to have to bring it up every single time that you know Tom is brought up or any of these guys are brought up. I think that's when it gets a little bit like annoying because it's like, okay, now it's like we've established that it's a fact that like these few ladies only fuck the same bunch of guys and it's just on rotation. Like Harry yeah. Dubin, Tom, um, I feel like there's a, a few other names, but like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's just that. And if I was Lou Wan, like I would like, obviously like when they were like getting married and stuff, I can understand when Sonia was saying that because it probably did hurt Sonia a little bit at the time. But to still be saying those sort of things, like, I would be like, come on, like, get your shit together. Like, the, now you're just holding on to the past just like you held on to your, you're holding on to your marriage, you know? And I would be really annoyed. And so when Lou blew up, I was like, I would blow up too. I, th- I think that I would do the same. But then Lou hit below the belt. She kind of, like, yeah. went a little bit too extreme. And that's when it wasn't cute. Yeah, definitely. I always think it's hilarious when Sonia brings up the fact that Tom was her man first. I just think it's funny. I don't think it's nice that she does that to Luann, <laughs> who she considers a very good friend of hers. Yeah. Um, that's not cool, but it's hilarious for the audience members. And I think it was so funny when Luann was just like, yeah, I married him. Guess what? I married him. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, but you also divorced him like a month later. So I don't know if it was really an achievement. I mean, I mean, like if I was Sonya at this point, I would like not even bring it up because I'd be like, she got her karma. Like her yeah. man cheated on her with many people. They got a divorce. Let's not bring it up. It's now it's become like a sore 
topic for both of them. So it's like, why do you have to constantly bring up this shit? But I did. Yeah, I also found it hilarious when Lewin was just like, "Well, I married him, and he just fucked you. That's it." And I was like, "That is so below the belt. I love it." It was wild. And then Ebony texting. Was she texting Leah? Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. She was just like, "This is too much." Yeah, um, and then everyone kind of, like, stepped in and, well, Ebony stepped in and, you know, kind of was defending Sonya, which, I don't know, I I don't know how I felt about that, because I was just like, you guys can't just give Sonya a free pass for also, you know, like, saying rude things just because she's hurt. You can't give her a free pass because she's in a sad mood or whatever, like, that doesn't give somebody the right to also be rude to somebody else just because they're in a fragile state. Like, it is a little uh-huh. bit of a okay thing, but, like, again, like, the things that Sonya was bringing up before that whole fight started, like, it, those were rude things. And you don't have to bring that up just because you're insecure about your own life. So I think that Ebony should have, like, just as much as she said to Luann that the things that she was saying was wrong, I think she should have also said to Sonya, like, Sonya, like, you also need to get your shit together because when you're feeling down, you shouldn't be saying these sort of things to your best friend exactly but i do think that the other ladies really pity sonia and so that's why they stick up for her so much so i guess that's true yeah well anyways they get to the oyster shucking and i love ramona finding the realization she was just like how much is this for wholesale because like you know they're like six dollars a pop and they were just like it's probably like less than a dollar uh to the restaurant and i was just like what what and then she gets to the shucking point and she can't get hers open and she's like okay i get it she understands labor the value of labor now I'm really shook because I'm just like, for a woman who loves oysters so much, you would have thought she would have like gotten this information and done this sort of activity like years in the past, you know, like being like, okay, like, let me do this. This sounds like a fun thing. I love oysters. I want to do this myself. But I mean, it was, it was funny though. The fact that like at the end of that whole thing, she was just like, you know what? I'm just going to stick to the restaurants and I'm just going to stick to paying those high prices because that's the way that I like it. Exactly. And honestly, I don't think Ramona is the type of lady who wants to see how the sausage is made. Exactly. Exactly. And so um, Leah breaks her vow of silence. uh, Surprise, surprise, after two hours, (laughs) even though she was going to stay silent till like that evening. Yeah. And um, she she doesn't actually like comment on the whole bus fight, which I don't know. I was kind of. I was kind of wanting her commentary at that point just to see where she was going. But she doesn't. So that was that was that. Yeah. Um, but uh what's it called? She does bring up the fact that Heather Thompson is coming and she's very apprehensive. Okay, so I don't know how I feel about Leah like constantly throughout this episode, like bringing up the whole Heather stuff. I know. At first, I totally understood it, like, in the first or the second episode when they talked yeah. about her possibly coming to the Hamptons. I understood it. I was like, you know what? I get it. But the fact that, like, she was basically, like, creating this whole, like, plan and narrative to, like, you know, destroy Heather when she comes there, that's when I'm just like, okay, well, you can, if you, this is how you feel strongly about it, then you can definitely address it when it comes up, but don't make it like a whole thing. Like you guys, we got to prepare for this. I just want you guys to know what they're saying, what she's been saying. I'm just like, 
come on. These ladies all have Google alerts. They all know exactly what Heather has been saying. They've known Heather for a really long time. I'm sure, like, their publicists and agents tell them whenever Heather says something, or if anyone says anything about them in the public eye, because, to be honest, there's not that many people talking about them, <laughs> you know, besides, like, people like us. I know, um, people like us. <laughs> but, yeah, this whole, like, campaign to destroy Heather, it got kind of annoying really quick. Yeah, especially when Luann's reaction to when Leah was just like, oh, yeah, she's been talking shit about you. Luann was just like, that bitch but she wasn't she really didn't say that much else like oh we need to take her down or disinvite her yeah um from the hamptons so i feel like leah should have maybe let it go but i mean entertainment for us honestly exactly the thing that does surprise me though is like how much like ramona was just like well i'm not gonna uninvite her and all that kind of stuff and i was like well first of all obviously you're not gonna because it's gonna break it's gonna create great television but also secondly like i was like i was surprised i'm still very surprised that like ramona and luann were the ones that like talked to heather because from what i remember when heather was on the show she didn't really care about these women Uh -uh. um she kind of disliked um like sonia uh ramona and luann so i'm like this is all very interesting it is and you know heather she rides at the hamptons holla heather hey mama how you doing (laughs) (laughs) and guess what sonia is the one to greet her and oh i love sonia heather's just one time sonia was smart yeah i know sonia was so smart so cognizant wow it's just like hey sonia i love your hairdo you know, can you do mine? You know, you were always so great with updos. And Sonia was just like, do you have any bobby pins? Like, and then she was just going to the piano, looking at the, the flyers. <laughs> she was just like, after what this bitch has said about me in the press, I'm not going to do her hair. Yeah, I, I thought it, I thought that entire thing was really funny. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. Obviously, like, Heather wasn't going to get a very warm introduction or, like, reception when she entered. But it was funny when Ramona was just like, okay, well, you're going to go to the lower level. Oh, my and God. And then Heather, Heather being Heather, she was just like, I love that. Like, I love, you know, it's always great to have, like, something that I still love about Heather but also hate about Heather is just, like, how optimistic she is about I everything. Know. And sometimes it's annoying, like, this episode, parts of the episode, I was like, oh, my God, Heather, shut the fuck up. Like, you're allowed to complain for a second. You're allowed to be negative. I know. So, you know, she gets banished to the lower level, mm-hmm. and she rises when it's dinner, and they have a little sit-down, and they start talking. Yeah. And then somebody is just, like, starts talking about podcasts. And they're I just think, like, I Heather. Was, I think it was Leah. Yeah, and then she's like, Heather, do you have a podcast? And it was just like this transition. Um, okay, we're going to start confronting before you get to eat. I know. That part, I was just like, oh, my God. Like, shit. Like, come on. And I feel like Heather probably thought that, like, they were probably talking about her newest podcast that she, like, announced, like, as she was about to start filming um, New York with them all. So I feel like she probably was just like, oh, haha, the producers are going to, like, are making her talk about this so that they can promote it. But little did she know that it was actually going to be a full on ambush. I know. And so Ramona, good timing. She's just like, okay, everybody let's go to the table. But Leah again asked like, Oh yeah. So Heather, you have a podcast. And then Luann comes in and she's just like, 
I heard you were talking about us or something. And I was like, who Anne? Just straight out of the gun. No dinner, no appetizer, no salad. Going for Heather. Yeah, so let's let's dive into this whole fight. What did you think of uh, everything? <laughs> okay, first of all, when it was like, oh yeah, Heather, you were on a podcast with your friend Carol. And then Luann was just like, oh, Carol, bitch, Ratsville. <laughs> I was dying. It was so funny how much she still hates Carol. Yeah, I'm just like, oh my God, like Luann, get over it. <laughs> I know, really, so funny. And then uh, Leah just reading from the phone the quotes yeah. about Luann. <laughs> Heather being like, yeah, I said that. And Sonia just dying. And she was just like, you know, at least she said that, like, she admits it. I wasn't expecting that, but I really appreciated Heather's responses because I was just like, I didn't know like what she was going to say, but like the fact that she was just like, yeah, I said that and took accountability for it. I was like, well, damn, good for her for like yeah. being honest and, you know, not really backpedaling on what shit she said about these people. I know. And the funniest thing about this fight wasn't even the fight itself. It was Ramona talking to the waiter the caterer oh my god yeah talk about that yeah oh my gosh there's like a plate of shots and she's like no 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 no. we can't have shots i was i was telling you to give me one shot three of these girls can't drink we can't do shots yeah and (laughs) it was just i with her manic behavior oh my god i had no idea what i was watching i felt so bad for that man yeah, and then like, she just God proceeded to take a shot herself. She was just like, maybe I should take one. And yeah. he was just like, you Pace sure? Pace yourself. <laughs> I was like, dead. But um, yeah, like going back to the dinner table, um, I think that Heather handled it pretty good. because, yeah. I, And I also am really surprised at how receptive Luann was because like when that whole thing happened, you know, Heather was just like, yeah, I felt that way. But, you know, Luann, now that stuff has happened in your life, I hope that we can talk more about it and our friendship can become actually something like genuine. And Luann was just like, yeah, that's true. Like, okay. And I was just like, what? Like, I know. okay. And then... Heather, at one point, she was just like, Luann, I'd love to have you on my podcast. And Luann was just like, I was already on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Oh, Luann. Oh, that Luann. was hilarious. And then, oh my god, Ramona, again with the shots, she was just like, we need to put these back. We need to put these back. This is like $75 a pop. I was like, what is she on? Like, she okay? What is she serving them? I know, and she was just like, I'll, I'll just save them for later. I'll, I'll just have them later. And I was, <laughs> was like, like, what? Okay. <laughs> I feel like I can see in that man's eyes. On top of the shots, just puts them in the yeah. fridge for a moment. They're like, I did forget that it was Ramona's house. Um, oh my god! And I was just yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah, this is her house. This is why. She right. I was like, oh my god, she's acting way too crazy. But this is her house, and these are the people she hired. But I could see that man. He was just like, get me out of here. Yeah. How did that? How did that fight end then? So. I think that fight just ended in the sense that like Luann and Heather just like kept talking. And then I think Heather just kind of like changed the, the, the narrative. And I think that Leah kind of quickly like caught on that 
it wasn't really going to go anywhere and it wasn't going to create a fight. Mm-hmm. And Leah was just like, you know what? I'm just going to back down because it clearly isn't. If these ladies don't even care about this, then why should I care about it? True. True. You know, and that's a smart like route to take. So it's, it's true. It's like, and that's the thing too. I'm just like, Leah, why are you fighting so hard for these like women who like, don't even like you? Like you're <laughs> constantly always fighting with them. And if anything like you like i was expecting or i i think that it should have been that she should have like been like like really nice to heather and been like heather these i hate these bitches and heather would have been like yeah so do i you know i think <laughs> seeing that sort of alliance would have been really entertaining but uh yeah i mean i was glad that i was happy the way that heather handled it it was a mature um uh, and yeah it was good. And then I think it kind of like spiraled into a conversation about sex. Oh my gosh, yeah. So then Leah just starts talking about like dicks and balls and Ramona just loses her shit. She's like, can we not do this? What happened to class? And she just walks away. So, okay, this is where I was on Ramona's side. Because, yeah. because here's the thing. Like in the past, I think that when Ramona... In the past, when Leah has brought up this sort of stuff or stuff like that has come up, like, obviously, like, we've been, like, Ramona's approved and stuff like that. But I think that this time, like, watching the episode, I kind of was, like, Ramona's kind of right. Because here's the thing. I am very, like, much, like, sex positive. Like, if you want to talk about it, talk about it. Um, like, I love talking about this sort of stuff with my friends as well. Like, it, it's always a fun time. And... I think that obviously people should be talking about sex sort of stuff even more and having open conversations about that. But if there's ever a time where I'm at a table and there's, I know for a fact there's like one or two people that don't feel comfortable talking about this sort of stuff or, you know, might not want to talk about it or I don't know them that well and I don't, I like haven't been able to gauge whether they want to talk about this sort of stuff, I don't talk about it. And that's a respectful thing to do. And I think at this point, Leah should have known that like Ramona is just not the kind of person to talk about this stuff. And so it's just not a place for you to bring it up. And then on top of that, I kind of feel like Leah, like, I don't know what the term would be, but like, I feel like she did kind of slut shame Ramona in a way in the confessional because like, she was just like, I don't know why she doesn't want to talk about this stuff when she like literally sleeps with every single man. And I was just like, okay, but like, that's basically kind of like slut shaming in a way that's like kind of like reverse slut shaming, but like, I don't know, like, I don't know how to explain it, but like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think Leah from the last season, she knows that Ramona doesn't like to talk about sex explicitly Yeah, that way. And so uh, Leah, she's kind of like a child. She does this out of spite when Ramona is rude to her. Um, she's just like, you know what? I'm just going to keep poking at her and, and like annoying her. Yeah. And it's kind of just like, girl, get a clue. Like, stop. Yeah. I think that Leah needs to find other ways to kind of target Ramona. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like obviously like Ramona's not nice to her and stuff, but I don't know. Like these two really do have an interesting relationship because I feel like for like one minute they're okay and they're understanding of each other. And then the next minute, like they both like, you know, rain on each other's parades and it's a little crazy. I also like, I'm not like, you know, I'm not team Ramona Uh because I do think that Ramona also says stuff that kind of like pokes Leah as well. Um, But Uh again, 
it's just like i think that the sooner that they can like you know realize each other's boundaries and all that kind of stuff the sooner things will be better but then again we are in a tv show and we live for the drama we do and there's gonna be more drama next week with heather um and leah obviously we get to see this uh karen moment apparently and i'm really curious only because now that we've seen Heather at the Hamptons and see how this supposed like podcast fight has played out, I'm really questioning the news reports that were like, oh yeah, you know, Heather had a Karen moment, Leah assaulted her. Like, I feel like there's, they're just being very dramatic in yeah. those statements, essentially. Yeah, and I also have heard, I, I haven't, like, read too much about this, but apparently, like, Leah's also coming after Carol now. Oh, my God, that in was the funny. media about, about, I think that how she was friends with, like, Elaine uh, Maxwell or yeah, something yeah. like that and all that kind of stuff. And I'm just like, Leah, like, maybe you should stick to fighting with people who are actually on the screen with you and not past housewives that you have not even, like, been on the screen with. Like, come on, girl. That was funny because apparently like Carol blocked her and she was just like, so since Carol blocked me, why don't you go ask your friend, Ghislaine or whatever her name is. <laughs> I have no idea what her name, how to pronounce that I was that supposed to Ghislaine too and I was like, I don't know how to pronounce it. But at the same time, you're a trash human being and I don't want to learn how to pronounce her name correctly. Exactly. So she was just like, correctly. yeah, she was like, go ask Ghislaine. your sex trafficking friend how, how it's going. <laughs> I was like, this is intense. Um, but also very entertaining for us. Again, I'm entertained, and that is the most important thing. Exactly. And so I can't wait to see what happens next week. Same. All right, we'll take a break and we'll wrap up with New Jersey. Okay, I have to make a statement. I think that I have had Stockholm syndrome from Teresa and Jen I don't know if that's how you refer to it but they have had me under a Stockholm syndrome I don't know whatever because this uh second part of the reunion the last part didn't really make me like them it was uh it was rough for Teresa and Jen being on their yeah. side I, I, I agree with you. Um, I loved them in the first part. Well, I loved, I loved Jennifer in the first part of the reunion, but then the second part, I I kind of felt like she was doing a little bit too much. Both her and Teresa were doing a little bit too much in the sense that they were kind of like saying stuff that didn't make sense and didn't even need to be said for arguments, but exactly. they were kind of saying it for the sake of fighting. Yes. Um, and it just, it just didn't feel right. Right. So the first instance um, that I got that, you know, feeling was when Marge was talking about how she had sex with her bosses and how she, you know, she didn't want to, and but she did it because at the time, that's what she thought she had to do to keep her job. Yeah. And then... You know, Andy asked the other ladies, he asked Jackie, like, oh, did you ever encounter any of those kind of situations when you were working? And she was just like, yeah, when I was a lawyer, you know, the guys would, like, massage my shoulders when they were talking to me. And Teresa was just like, you let that happen? <laughs> I was like, 
Oh, Jesus. I know. I was like, Teresa, Teresa, but again, I mean, I'm not, I'm not giving, like, letting Teresa get away with the terrible thing that she said, but like, she's so stupid that I don't think she even realizes what abuse means and what it is. I know. Like, because, yeah. Because, like, she, for years, she was being verbally abused by uh, Joe Judice. And it's exactly. like, I, think that, I think that she still probably looks at that as, like, you know, that was their uh, love language. You know, like, <laughs> it's, it's like, Teresa does not understand what abuse is. And it's, it's been proved in this part of the reunion. I know. And she was just like, I wouldn't let that happen to me. Nobody would touch me. And I'm like, yeah, Teresa, but, like, that's not the point. The point is that she was in a situation where she didn't think she could say anything because she thought she was going to lose her fucking job, which she needed for her fucking livelihood. Yeah. And just Teresa didn't get it. And then Jen, you know, trying to defend her whole slut shaming of Margaret by being like, Oh, the way she said it first didn't sound like she was being assaulted. I, mm also i found that jennifer was using Teresa as a crutch a lot she was like, every time she would say something she would just like right Teresa." Teresa thought the same thing as me Teresa and i talked about it and we oh, felt god same. she she said that at least like five times every time she like tried to like pull something crazy out of her ass to say um which i was just like oh my god like Jennifer, I know what you're doing because you know that Teresa is a powerful person and will keep you on this show and being on her side will will make you seem great and, you know, people will not fight. I feel like she kind of, like, also has this thing in her head that no one's going to fight with Teresa. Yeah. So if, if Teresa thought the same thing, then it's, like, right. But I'm like, Jennifer, no, that's not how it is. Teresa's always wrong, but we just let her get away with it because she's, like, the showrunner. I know. And so the second instance where I was just like, Jen, why are you doing this? Is when they start talking about the whole Evan cheating rumor. And uh, when Jackie, you know, makes the analogy and everybody on the stage was just like, yeah, you know, once you hear it, you can basically tell it was an analogy. And then Jen comes in. She was just like, I I took it for fact. And I was like, I really? know that part was uh, so stupid to me. And then the part that was also like, I mean, I was glad that Andy Cohen stepped in at some parts because like they when they were saying all that, when Jen and Teresa were saying like, oh yeah, like we didn't know, we didn't know, like you should have said it was an analogy. And then Andy Cohen was just like, usually when someone says an analogy, they don't have to say that it's an yeah. analogy. Oh my God. And I was like, these two are idiots. They're so like, stupid my god so dumb and i think jackie really nailed Teresa and really held her feet to the fire in being like basically guiding Teresa and backing her into a corner to be like there was no substance in this rumor yeah um i think that it's just it was kind of like annoying to have to hear the same thing again and again because it's like Teresa, how long does it take you to grasp this? Like, not only did you live through that entire situation, that whole fight, but now you also got to watch it on TV and actually had resources to realize what it meant and what it was. And yeah, it took her a while again during this reunion. I think that Andy Cohen again had to step in and like kind of oh god her to be like, but you do realize what you did. You right? do realize that you were spreading it. You do realize that there was nothing to it and you were just saying it. So 
it was a little intense, but I'm glad that Teresa was able to finally apologize again and kind of close that chapter. Yeah, and I thought it was really sweet that, like, when the husbands were leaving, Evan, you know, came, went up to Teresa and was just like, you know, it's all good or whatever. Thank you for apologizing. I was like, he's such a nice guy. Wow. Yeah, being the bigger person, it's it takes guts and uh, yeah, yeah, good for him. It definitely does. Um, oh, one thing though about that whole cheating thing was when Jen was trying to say like, oh, the cheating rumor came from Margaret. Yeah, and then Margaret. Uh, yeah, Margaret was explaining how like, well, bitch, if it came from me and like I told you, you definitely would have brought it up on the show, and this would have gone like a whole different way. And I was just like, that is true. Yeah, I don't really believe that Marge was the one that you know found it, started, or anything. Again, I I do believe that she would tell Jackie. And exactly. I think Danielle Stubb also came out to say that <laughs> Danielle Stubb had to make Danielle is like a cockroach, even if she she's is. not on a season, she will make herself known into the season. <laughs> she will. <laughs> oh my god! Again so many points where the production was just not on Teresa's side when <laughs> about the cheating and Andy was just like I mean Kim D when she accused your husband of cheating you went ballistic and Teresa's like I didn't go ballistic and he's like you threw a chair <laughs> she was just I like, know that part was hilarious and then there was another instance um when they were talking about the kids thing yes uh, she was brought up and then they were just like well when Danielle brought up Danielle Stubb brought up uh, Marge's kids during a, a fight two years uh-huh. ago. Teresa, you were the one saying like, and then they showed the footage where Teresa was just like, she's making a point. She's just trying to make a point. And I was like, Teresa, you are Teresa. the and production is really, they're just like, this is too easy. We know exactly where to go. To I know. They were um, just like episode 16, season 10, 17 minute mark. I got it. Yeah. I, I loved it. And I also loved um, Dolores during this whole argument. She was not on Teresa's side. She was like, Teresa, do you see how this looks wrong? Yeah. And I was glad she said that because I feel like Teresa only listens to Dolores. Yeah, that's true. I feel like she only really like respects her opinion and what she has exactly. and all that kind of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Um... Other than that, I oh we need to talk about the rumors about Louis and him demanding sex four times a day or something and um, abusing some of his ex girlfriends. All of these coming out from Kim D herself. Kim D. Kim oh, D. Wow. <laughs> Again, another cockroach of New Jersey that kind of knows how to put herself into the show, even if she's not on the show. I know. So I, again, Andy being like, you understand Kim D and these rumors, how they're damaging. You see what you did to Jackie? Like, yeah, that was another, that was another thing where I was just like, this is great. I know. I was like, well, will she understand? Or if she's going to be like, no, it's different. But um, I I think she finally understood. And what do you think about Louis? Do you think he? Do you think these rumors are true? I don't know. I haven't read up too much because I feel like I've heard a lot. Like I feel like I've heard 
the the sex part now and then i've heard apparently that he abused his ex-wife i don't recall if it's physical or um um verbal abuse uh, uh-huh. or sexual abuse uh, i don't remember but uh, some sort of abuse that he did to his ex-wife and then i think that there was also rumors about how he has also done shady business dealings in the past mm, yeah and stuff like that so i don't know what to expect but I don't know. I don't know because I want to like him and I want to really be happy for Teresa. But I'm just like, I'm very cautious because I'm like, he has come on the show like really quick. He seems like he wants to be in the thick of it like really quick. He, The way that, you know, he was talking to Andy, he makes it seem like he wants to get married to Teresa like ASAP Rocky uh-huh. uh, within the next year. So I was just like, I don't know. Like, this is a little worrisome. And the fact that Louis has watched The Real Housewives of New Jersey since, like, the beginning. That part, I was actually happy that she said, because I think that a lot of people that come on to Housewives or even, like, boyfriends and stuff like that don't ever, like, admit to watching. But I'm just like, we all know that you've watched. And so I, it was interesting that he's watched. Um, I wish they kind of, like like, specified whether he watched the entire thing after dating Teresa, or if he's been like a devoted New Jersey watcher since the beginning of time, that part I'm, I'm intrigued uh-huh. about. And I feel like that would have made a huge difference if she, he's been watching before and he's always been abandoned. Yeah, this is very creepy. But mm-hmm. if you watched um, now, it's okay. But I don't know. Like, a part of me does feel like it's a good thing that he probably watched her older seasons. But then at the same time, I, I would probably not want someone that I'm dating to, like, watch that. I'd be like, maybe, like, for now, you should just watch the seasons that you're on, these current seasons. Uh-huh. And then marry down the line, then you can watch, like, the older seasons. Because it's like, she's like, a <laughs> yeah. person, right? And all of that. And, but, yeah, it's all interesting. Yeah. Jury is still out on Louis for me. I'm still going to be looking at him sideways. But I did think it was really cute when everybody at the end was just like, oh, yeah, we have pineapples for Teresa. Teresa Teresa doesn't have one. Can somebody get one for her? And Louis, like, walks out with hers. And, like, I don't know, Teresa's face, she was just so happy. And I was just like, oh. This might be really dumb, but I actually thought that they were going to bring out a giant pineapple for her. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they're gonna bring out a giant one for her. Oh they, my god! They they found one. They made one. I don't know. But then yeah, when he brought it out, that was pretty cute. Um, I absolutely hated his outfit. His outfit was like typical, like manager agent right. backstage. The dog tag, the purple blazer, and the purple shirt. It was not cute, but I mean, you know what? I'm happy for them. I know. I'm <laughs> happy for them too. And so that wraps up New Jersey. I'm I'm actually really sad that they're not going to be on our screens for a while because I really liked watching them just going to the lake, going to somebody else's house, uh, even those uh, crazy super spreader parties. Uh, I'll miss those. With yeah, and it, was a, it was a really short season as well. Yeah. I think it only had 20-ish episodes or probably less than that. Yeah. Um, including the reunions, which is, like, not that many. But apparently they started filming already. Right? I was like, and, oh, my God. God and we bless. do know that there's a new uh, lady coming on. She is black. Um, oh. so representation is coming to New Jersey. Interesting. Okay. Uh, 
But I do, for my hopes for next season are just that, like, I just want to see new storylines. I'm kind of over, you know, hearing about Jen versus Margaret, um, Jen versus Melissa, you know, Teresa having, you know, issues with Melissa as well, and Joe and Melissa. Like, I I feel like these storylines just have been going on for a little bit, like, too long now, for, like, three seasons now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I want to see something different. Yeah, and I think I would like to see storylines that don't revolve around family members. So yeah. in the in the sense of like I don't want to hear about somebody's husband supposedly cheating on them. Yeah, exactly. I, I want to hear about, about like, you know, people fighting with each other for not getting invited to a party. Exactly. For saying something mean about them on Twitter. Like that's what I need from my housewives to be petty. Exactly. Okay, so that was it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Bye, Bye everyone. everyone.